Hello cats! Welcome back to another episode of Chat About That. I'm your host Bella, and in this episode I'm going to be chatting about Taylor Swift's new album, Midnights. Before I chat about that, I wanted to let you know that I recently moved to a new apartment and I've been incredibly busy with unpacking and some other personal things and uh, I just I really wanted to have an episode out in October but there was so much stuff going on with moving and family issues and I just I was not able to record anything so there's probably only going to be one more episode for this year. Next episode will be the 22 best things of 2022. Um, I did that one last year with 21 things and I want to do that again for this year so that's coming up so stay tuned for that but with that out of the way let's talk about Midnight's. So if you aren't aware, Taylor Swift released her new album, Midnights, on October 21st and she describes the album by saying, Midnight's, the stories of 13 sleepless nights scattered throughout my life. That was her original like description. Um, and the official introduction of the album, it's a little bit long, but I want to read it. So she says, we lie awake in love and in fear, in turmoil and in tears. We stare at the walls and drink until they speak back. We twist in our self-made cages and pray that we aren't right at this minute about to make some fateful life-altering mistake. This is the collection of music written in the middle of the night, a journey through terrors and sweet dreams, the floors we pace and the demons we face. For all of us who have tossed and turned and decided to keep the lanterns lit and go searching, hoping that just maybe when the clock strikes 12, we meet ourselves. I I was really excited for the album when I um when I read that description I I just thought like a collection of sleepless nights this was gonna be you know things that were gonna happen like basically like all throughout her life these were things that happened have kept her up and we're gonna get perspectives from all different you know eras of her life and I was really excited about that. And before the album came out, she used TikTok to announce the different track titles in this little series called Midnight's Mayhem with Me. And I highly recommend that you watch those videos. They're on her TikTok. Um, and originally I was gonna record this podcast the day of release, like I did with the Folklore album, but I, I wanted to wait a little bit, um, mostly because I was moving and all of that and I didn't have time to record. But also I really wanted to just sit down, listen to the album a bunch of times, watch the music videos, watch the interviews, like hear more about her talking about the album before I went and gave my um, thoughts about it. So with all that out of the way, let's talk about the first track called Lavender Haze. So there are a few songs um, that Taylor actually shared the meaning behind, and this is one of the songs. Um, so I'm going to read what she said. She said she happened upon the phrase Lavender Haze um, when she was watching the show Mad Men. I looked it up because I thought it sounded cool, and it turns out that it's a common phrase that was used in the 50s, and where they would just describe being in love. So if you were in the lavender haze, that meant that you were in an all-encompassing love glow. And I thought that was really beautiful. And I guess theoretically that when you're in the lavender haze, you'll do anything to stay there and not let people bring you out of that cloud. And I think that a lot of people have to deal with this now. Public figures, you know, because we live in this era of social media, and if the world finds out that you're in love with somebody, they're going to weigh in on it. And like my relationship for six years, we've had to dodge weird rumors, tabloid stuff, and we just ignore it. And this song is about the act of ignoring that stuff to protect the real stuff. 
So I think Taylor really explained it all with that quote, um, but this is definitely one of my favorite songs from the album. I think it's a really great start to the album. It's a really great starting track. It's very upbeat, but it's not like over the top upbeat. It's kind of like, it's in the middle. It's a good, it's a good upbeat, like peppy song, but it's not like too in your face. Um, and the lyrics are just really catchy. It's really an intimate song. Um, and as I go through all the um, songs, I'm going to share my favorite lyrics. And so my favorite lyric from Lavender Haze is, I find it dizzying. They're bringing up my history, but you aren't even listening. And I think that really encompasses the explanation that she gave, that her lover doesn't care about her past and what people say about her. He just loves her as she is. So that's Lavender Haze. Let's move on to track two, which is Maroon. So track two, Maroon, this is a song that that grew on me more and more as I listened to it and it's kind of a more grown-up version of the song Red um, and she's using the color maroon to describe different aspects and instances of this relationship. She says that the sky was maroon, the burgundy on my t-shirt when you splashed your wine into me and as the song goes on the lovers they grow apart, they break up and those good maroon feelings like those good times um, turn into sad instances and sad um, you know, aspects of the color maroon. And the song has a lot of emotional writing. And like I mentioned, it took me a few listens to really, really appreciate this song. Um, but my favorite lyric is, how do we end up on the floor anyway, you say? Your roommate's cheap ass screw top rosé. That's how. Um, I, I feel like Taylor is really in an era where she doesn't really care about swearing anymore. She uses the F word in quite a few of the songs. Um, she says shit a lot, you know, just she doesn't give a crap anymore. And I like that. I'm happy that she's in this phase and she just doesn't care. Like she's just going to write the songs that she wants. She's going to use the words that she wants. And if that's how she wants to describe the feelings and the emotions, that's what she's going to do. And a lot of people are speculating that this song is about Harry Styles. And I can kind of see, um, if you go through the rest of the lyrics, like you can kind of see how this could be about Harry Styles. Um, but I, I really like this song. It's definitely, it's a slower song, but not too slow where it's like right after Lavender Haze, like, oh, this is like super slow. And you're like, you're already on this high from Lavender Haze. But this one's like a little bit less slow than Lavender Haze, but still kind of upbeat. It's like a good mellow song. So I think it's a good placement on the album. There's one song that I think is placed very poorly on the album and I'll talk about that a little bit later. So track three is called Antihero and this quickly became a favorite of mine. Um, and Taylor also provided some background information on this one. Uh, so she said, Antihero is one of my favorite songs I've ever written. I really don't think I've delved this far into my insecurities in this detail before. I struggled with the idea that my life has become unmanageably sized and I'm not to sound too dark, but I just struggle with the idea of not feeling like a person. This song is a real guided tour throughout all the things that I tend to hate about myself. And it's all those aspects of the things we dislike about ourselves that we have to come to terms with if we are gonna be this person. So I like Antihero a lot because I think it's really honest. And I agree with her. And this song is, it's a very emotional song, but it's disguised behind its upbeat production, which reminds me of Death by a Thousand Cuts and All You Had to Do Was Stay. I really, really love this song. And the music video is just really well done. Um, it's like two different versions of herself talking to each other. And there's a lyric where it says, hi, it's me, I'm the problem, it's me. And the two people are talking to each other and it's both of her. Um, and I could do a podcast just on like all the music videos that she's done. Um, so I'm not going to go like too much in detail about this one and another music video. Um, but I think it's a deeply personal song and it has really, really smart lyrics. And my favorite lyric 
which people might be surprised by this, um, is sometimes I feel like everybody is a sexy baby and I'm a monster on the hill. Too big to hang out, slowly lurching toward your favorite city, pierced through the heart, but never killed. Now, a lot of people don't really like that lyric, um, the sexy baby, because I think the term is cringy, but I don't agree. I got what she meant right away. So a sexy baby, like the actual definition of that, um, means someone who derives their power from being both sexy and babyish. And I think that makes perfect sense um, because Taylor is, Taylor Swift is no longer like the young new thing in the music industry. You know, like she's still, she's still got it. She's not going away. She's still like making music, and being awesome like she is, but she's not the young new thing like she was, you know, 10 years ago or so. And I think this is like, you know, a lyric where she's really revealing that she knows this fact. Um, and she's in her mind thinking that she's not cool enough. She's not new enough. She's not good enough to be with all these new young people and that everybody else is like young and sexy and she's just this big monster lurching over everybody and she's just too big you know, either too big physically, emotionally, or just like in the industry wise, like she's just too famous or too, you know, high up on this pedestal by a lot of people to hang out with anyone else. And I, I think this is just, this is so vulnerable. I could, I could go into the whole song, um, because there's so much, um, that she reveals and so much, um, to dissect just about this whole song, but th that, that lyric I think is just really, um, one of the most like personal in this song. Um, and I think it's, the, the, that line is also just very sad, but it's insightful um, about like the way that she feels. And every time I hear this song, I love it even more. It's definitely upbeat, but it has a lot of sad lyrics, um, but it's just, it, it instantly became one of my favorites and I just love it so much. So check out the music video if you haven't seen it. So on to track four, it's called Snow on the Beach and it features Lana Del Rey. So when I heard that she was collaborating with Lana Del Rey, I was really excited. And to be honest, I'm not like the biggest Lana Del Rey fan. I don't dislike her. Um, I just was never like super into her music, but I do love her voice. I love Lana Del Rey's voice. And so I was really, really looking forward to hearing them collaborate and hearing them sing together. Um, and I was a bit disappointed about this song uh, when I heard it the first time. And I think a lot of people were um, because Lana Del Rey doesn't have her own verse in the song. She's just harmonizing and sings in the background and sings alongside Taylor. And I think people were kind of put off by that. And so at first I was like, okay, I'm really disappointed. I don't really like this song. Although the, it's it's a beautiful song. The lyrics are absolutely beautiful. And I'll get, I'll get into that in a little bit. Um, but as I heard this song more and more, I really began to appreciate it and really just started to realize how well their voices like go together. Like when you think of Taylor Swift and Lana Del Rey, you don't really think that they would go together, but they do. The harmonies are so beautiful. And like I said, it's a slower song, but it, it, it's it's just really beautiful. It's not like really like a jam out to in your car kind of song, but it's, it's absolutely beautiful. Um, so she said a little bit about the song. Um, she said, this song is about falling in love with someone at the same time they're falling in love with you in this sort of cataclysmic faded moment where you realize that someone feels exactly the same way that you feel and at the same moment and you're kind of looking around like wait is this real is this a dream is this for real is it really happening kind of like you would be if you were seeing snow falling on a beach so yeah she explained it better than I could um but yeah it's about something weird happening like this is weird like why would there be snow falling on the beach why would I be falling in love with this person at the same time that they're falling in love with me um and I think it's beautiful it's it's definitely like a sleeper 
hit. I think people are not really enjoying it right now, but I think in a little bit and probably after the tour, um, which I'll get into that a little bit later, um, people are going to appreciate it a lot more. Um, so my favorite lyric is actually from the chorus and the lyric is, it's like snow on the beach, weird but fucking beautiful. And I really think that captures what she was talking about, um, you know, the weirdness of falling in love. Um, and it's just, it's a beautiful thing, but it's also very odd and strange thing. So snow on the beach, great song, not my favorite off the album, but I still love it. Now track five, we're going to talk about one of my favorite songs on the album, which is You're On Your Own Kid. It's just, it's an amazing song. Um, it wasn't one of my favorites at first, actually, um, but after hearing it back a couple of times and really listening to the lyrics and talking about it with my sister, um, I just, I fell in love with it. So this song discusses how Taylor wanted to become a singer and there was one person, you know, back in the day that like could have made her stay in her small town, um, but they didn't really love her back. They didn't appreciate her. So she moved on and she worked really hard. She gave up so many things in her life along the way and things happened. She had to change the way she was um, and it all all, you know, led to where she is now um, and really how she had to do all of that on her own. Like you're on your own kid and she's talking to herself. Um, and towards the end, she reveals how she doesn't have to be afraid anymore. She doesn't have to be scared because she faced all these things and she came out strong. And the lyrics are really like a poem. And I think it reveals a lot about her life and a lot about how she, um, you know, has thought about and thinks about like what happened with her life and how, you know, she had to make mistakes. She had to do things a certain way to get where she is, but she doesn't have to be afraid. She didn't, you know, all of that, you know, hardship that she went through wasn't a waste. So I know that's quite a lot. So my favorite lyric um, out of the whole song is, cause there were pages turned with the bridges burned. Everything you lose is a step you take. And I think that shows what I was talking about, you know, how she lost so many things along the way and how her relationships, you know, hardships and her relationships that she had and her friendships that she had and, and friendships that went away and everything um, brought her to where she is now and where she was meant to be. Um, and this song also is the first song that's addressed her eating disorder. Um, if you didn't know, Taylor had an eating disorder um, a couple of years back and she speaks about it in her documentary, Miss Americana, which I highly recommend that you watch. Um, so I won't go into that a whole lot right now. Um, but I think that, you know, this is just such a vulnerable lyric. And the lyric was, um, I hosted parties, I starved my body like I would be saved by the perfect kiss. And I think that that just reveals like so much about, you know, her and, and her experiences. And I'm just personally, like, I'm really proud of her for how many vulnerable lyrics she put on this album. And I, I just, I love this album so much. This is this is one of my favorite albums um, that she has. I'm going to talk about that a little bit later too. But um, I'm just, I'm really happy and, and proud of her for putting vulnerability in this, in this album. Not that she's never been vulnerable before, but I think the most vulnerable that she's been is on this album. So on to track six, which is Midnight Rain. And so she sings about ending a relationship long time ago to focus on her career. And this relationship, um, you know, it's forgotten, um, but she's reminiscing on, you know, what could have been if she was with this person, if she never left her hometown, if she never became famous. Um, and the, that, you know, she's really an opposite from this person. He was sunshine and I was midnight rain. Um, they had different lives. They had different, you know, 
paths and goals that they wanted to have. And at the end of the song, she reveals how she only thinks of him on midnights like this, midnights where she's up, she can't sleep, and he only thinks about her when he sees her on TV. Um, and I think this song is about someone that she dated or someone that she was with before um, she became famous um, because she talks about how her she was in a small town and, you know, she wanted to get out and, you know, some people love that town, but she just wanted something more. And, you know, he wanted to stay in their town. He was content with being the same. Um, and so she broke his heart, but it was like the right thing to do in her mind. And my favorite lyric is, it came like a postcard, picture perfect, shiny family, holiday, peppermint candy. But for him, it was every day. So their lives are so different. And then like the normal things that he goes through every day, it's it's like a postcard to her. It's like a dream. It's like, you know, when you see a postcard at the store, you see like an ad on TV of people sitting around a table with peppermint and, and hot chocolate and just, you know, having fun with their family. That's like an everyday thing for him, but it's this kind of fantasy. It's like something that that she only sees in postcards um so this song is it's not a top five for me but I do really like it I don't hate any of the songs I don't hate any of Taylor's songs I don't hate any of your songs Taylor um if you ever see this um but this is not my favorite song on the album but I do really like it and each time I listen to it I appreciate it more and more and I I discover things about it more and more um kind of like with every song on this album um but yeah, not my top five, but I really love it and do appreciate it. So on to track seven, which is called Question, um, Taylor is reflecting upon a past relationship and she's asking this former lover if their new experiences compare to the ones that they had together. And she hopes that they're also having a really hard time moving on from the relationship like she is. Um, and I really, really enjoy this song. Um, it's, it's constantly getting stuck in my head. Like if any song out of this album is getting stuck in my head all the time. It's like, this is one of them. <laughs> it's just so catchy. Um, and it's really clever. Um, and this is the point in the album where we're getting to a lot of more upbeat songs. Um, there's still slow ones coming up, but like a lot more are getting like, you know, bops. Like this could be like one you jam out in the car, you sit, scream the lyrics to kind of thing. And she also samples her own song Out of the Woods in this track. She samples a lot of past songs um, and melodies in this album, but this one she uses like the ah, ah, ah. She uses that from um, Out of the Woods. Um, and uh, I think this is purposeful. I don't think she's being lazy. Um, I saw a TikTok where people are talking about this, um, but I think that, you know, this makes sense. This is a collection of sleepless nights throughout her life, collection of things that happened to her throughout her entire life. So it makes sense that she would use melodies and tones and different things from other songs and past albums in this album like it makes sense I don't think she's just like oh you know out of the woods like remember that song this would sound good in it like no she's smart nothing she does is like an accident okay like she is doing this purposefully like she's very clever <laughs> so my favorite lyric from question is because I don't remember who I was before you painted all my nights a color I've searched for since I don't know she's just she's such a poet I love her um she needs to write poetry um, there's actually a TikTok theory that she wrote this poetry book that's like being sold on Amazon I'm not gonna go into that right now but I think she should write like legit poetry books um because I mean all of her songs are poems but I digress <laughs> now on to track eight which is called vigilante shit and this song gives me massive massive reputation era vibes like it could just be on reputation so amazing um and it's one of my favorite songs um 
in this song is it's totally about Kanye West. It's totally about the Kanye West incident. I'm not going to go into that. You should know if you were a human on this planet, you should know about that incident. I'm not going to go into it. Um, but Kanye, I don't like Kanye West if I've never said that before. Um, <laughs> so she sings about how someone betrayed her and she's been dressing for revenge ever since. She doesn't want to be sad. She wants to get even with this person. And the second verse talks about how the subject of the song, aka Kanye West, um, about his ex-wife um, is now also getting revenge on Kanye or the subject of the song. And you know how Taylor like helped them get revenge on them um so i feel like this song just it feels like look what made me do and this is why we can't have nice things like it just has like those vibes of reputation it's very like it's kind of like a bitchy petty song but i love it it's like you know like she it says like i don't start shit but i can tell you how it ends like it's just all of, they're very clever i can tell she was pissed off when she wrote this song um and i just i love it so much um and i really love like the low-key beat and how her vocals really come through on this song I, I just think it's very clever um and my favorite lyric is now she gets the house gets the kids gets the pride picture me thick as thieves with your ex-wife and i just love that because it's just like if this has to be about Kanye West because it's like she didn't really have beef with Kim Kardashian she had beef with her because of Kanye so it's like picture me like we could be best friends like I could be best friends with Kim like we're all dressing for revenge now and I love how she's just like helping this like theoretically helping this woman also get revenge on this person who hurt her um and I just love the vibes in this song it's totally villain vibes and definitely one of my favorites off the album moving on to one of my absolute favorite songs on the album like this is like tied for number one um and it's called bejeweled and it's track nine um so in this song taylor is talking about how her current lover no longer sees her shine doesn't see her value and she's being underappreciated but she is still bejeweled she's still herself she can still sparkle she can still make people happy she's not letting anyone or any man you know dull herself dull her shine she still sparkles and you're, she says best believe i'm still bejeweled like just because you don't like me just because you find me unfulfilling or unsatisfying doesn't mean I'm not still cool I'm not still like the best and I just love it she knows that she's worthy of love and of affection and it's just oh, I love it um and it's upbeat and it just it reminds me of like past Taylor songs like if you know Taylor and you know her discography and you know her lyrics like this just has like classic Taylor Swift lyrics in it um she also released a music video and it featured Laura Dern, the Haim sisters, Jack Antonoff, Pat McGrath, and Tita Von Teese. And the video is just, it's up there, one of my favorites that she's done for sure. And um, I would just love to hear this live. This is like on my list of songs I need to hear live here on that tour. <laughs> and my favorite lyrics are, and I miss you, but I miss sparkling. And my other favorite lyric is, and you can try to change my mind, but you might have to wait in line. What's a girl gonna do? A diamond's gotta shine. I just... I don't know I just love it I just I love how clever she is <laughs> so I, I love this song so much and I just I need to hear it performed live either if it's on the tour or on a talk show or whatever I just need to hear you sing this song Taylor please sing this song live now into track 10, it's called Labyrinth. And this is probably my least favorite song off the album. Again, I don't hate any Taylor Swift songs. This is just my least favorite. Um, and it's not bad. It's just incredibly slow. And like I mentioned before, it comes at this weird place in the album. Bejeweled is like such a bop. The song after it is like also my number one favorite. It ties with Bejeweled. It's also a bop. And I feel like you're just, you're on this high from listening to Bejeweled. Like you're just jamming. And then this song comes in and it's like so slow. And it's just like, it's kind of a vibe 
killer like within the album um i'd like it a lot i think it's beautiful it has such beautiful lyrics it's very poetic a lot of these songs are very poetic but it's just it's kind of like it's just kind of a downer. Um, <laughs> so it just it's in a weird place in the album. But the song describes her falling in love again after being hurt, after being like having this horrible heartbreak. And she's scared of falling in love because of how bad this other heartbreak hurt her. But you know, she just she thinks she's never gonna recover from that heartbreak, but she's happy that she found somebody new. And it's this, it's this weird like middle ground that she's feeling and she says that she's lost in the labyrinth of her mind um and my favorite lyric from this is break up break free break through break down you would break your back to make me break a smile so like all this stuff she's going through this horrible horrible heartbreak but this new person would do anything to make her happy and it is such a beautiful song it's it's gorgeous but it's kind of just a downer within you know the album like where it's placed so get the placement of her songs like she does things very purposefully like I mentioned but coming off of Bejeweled and going into the next song it's just kind of a downer. So now on to one of my favorite songs this one is tied with Bejeweled and it's track 11 and it's called Karma. Uh, before I go into the song uh, there is a theory and I'm not going to go into it too, too much but there's a theory that there was a lost album that was going to be um, right after 1989 um, called Karma and people have this theory I believe the theory um I think Reputation was not an album that was planned originally like she does plan all of her albums and I think there was an album whether or not it was called Karma um or not um I think there was an album that she planned to release after 1989 and it's like this lost album and was potentially being called Karma so she did a little sneaky laugh um in her TikTok episode um about releasing this song but uh yeah anyway so Taylor's singing about how Karma's real and it's really good to to her and she is singing to people from her past warning them about how karma's coming for them and uh i totally think this is about the scooter braun situation um i did a whole um podcast episode about why she's re-recording all of her songs so i talk about that whole situation in, in that episode if you want to listen to it um but again just like bejeweled this is like classic taylor swift and it's like definitely one of the biggest bops on the album it really could fit into 1989 reputation or lover um and the lyrics they're they're not the most poetic but they're just classic taylor like like think of the lyrics from like gorgeous that's like what this song reminds me of like very just like funny and not super serious but just like very classic taylor very clever and my favorite lines are karma is a cat purring in my lap because it loves me <laughs> just i don't know just i just so classic taylor um and then my other favorite line is weave your little webs of opacity my pennies made your crown and um this totally just just like the scream scream at the top of your lungs in the car scream at the tour um and i just this is another song that i really need to hear her sing live because it's just it's so good track 12 is called sweet nothing and this song grew on me um like labyrinth it's very slow but the lyrics are really sweet and she's singing about this gratitude that she has with her lover or potentially anyone closer to her my mom personally thinks this song is about her mother um but i think it's about joe elwin and there's just this piece in her relationship and they don't want anything from her she's just coming home to sweet nothings i i really just i prefer fast-paced songs in general so this isn't like a jam out song but i just i find it so beautiful so peaceful the lyrics are very simple very poetic um and i it's definitely like a song that's grown on me and my favorite line is all the voices that implore you should be doing more to you I can admit that I'm just too soft for all of it. So again, very poetic, very sweet. 
Um, and it's it's sweet that she wrote this with Joe Alwyn, aka William Bowery, which is his uh, pseudonym <laughs> that he goes by um, on her albums. So I think it's sweet that she wrote this song with him. Okay, on to the last track of the standard edition of Midnight. We have more songs to go through. We have eight more songs to go through. <laughs> but track 13 is called Mastermind. And this song describes how Taylor planned out the meeting and falling in love with her partner, aka Joe Alwyn. Um, and she knew that when she saw him, she had to have him and she she just came up with this plan and she's the mastermind behind their relationship and at the end of the song it's revealed how her lover knew that she did all of this and it's okay because he loves her and he knew that this was in her nature but he he doesn't care he loves her um and i think it's just really really clever um and i love the concept um and whether or not this is actually true um i think it's an interesting take on the concept of like love at first sight and it's just it's really fun and it's just it's definitely like a slow bop but it's, it's still like very clever. And my favorite lyric is, I'm the wind in our free flowing sails and the liquor in our cocktails. Again, like how does she come up with these amazing lyrics? I just, I can't, I, I, just, I love her so much. <laughs> okay, so there was one track that was on the Target exclusive edition of Midnight's and that song is called Hits Different. Now I've only listened to the song a couple of times because some people posted it on TikTok. Um, Hope those videos don't get taken down because <laughs> I've been listening to it on there. And this describes Taylor going through a heartbreak that she's like never experienced before and it hits different um, because it's not like a usual heartbreak and she's just a total mess and she wants this person back and the lyrics just reveal how distraught she is and how much this breakup is like really affecting her personal life and her mental health. Um, and it's also just very catchy and it reminds me of All You Had To Do Was Stay as well because like it's such like sad lyrics but it's such a bop at the same time. Time. Um, and I definitely want to listen to it more because I've only listened to it a couple of times. But my favorite lyric is, freedom felt like summer, then on the coast. Now the sun burns my heart and the sand hurts my feelings. So it's like just this horrible heartbreak that she can't get over. And there's another line where she hears like, I hear the key and the door, is that you or are they coming to take me away? So it's like, are, is that you coming or are they coming to take me away to like a hospital to like make me feel better? And so I, it's, it's, sad but it's it's such a good song <laughs> just like all of her songs like just such clever lyrics and I, I really like it. And I think this song is also a very vulnerable one on the album. So if you thought that was a lot, there's more. Like I mentioned, Taylor released more songs. <laughs> so she released the 3 a.m. edition of Midnight's with seven additional tracks. And I'm gonna begin a new number list so we don't get confused. So number one is called The Great War. And she sings about a conflict within a relationship, whether it's this conflict of two people or each person is having their own separate conflict. Um, and although there is this hardship and conflict, they, they can survive through it. And they promise to love each other because they survived this horrible time. And and they almost broke up, but they came out together on top and in love. And I like it. I think there's a lot of um, like parallels to obviously war and like hardship. And it, it kind of like reminds me of, um, you know, I don't know. It, I feel like it could fit in with like lover. Um, it's like, I think it's her coming out of like the con Kanye thing and, you know, maybe with like Scooter Braun and all of that. It's like she's, she felt like she had to hide and she felt just so down and you know one of my favorite lyrics is you drew up good faith treaties i drew curtains closed drank my poison all alone so this this person i think it's joelle when she's talking about um you know they they were able to like make peace with their demons but she wasn't you know she was still struggling so 
I think it's just a good start to the album. It's definitely a more of an upbeat song. But again, it's very vulnerable and very smart lyrics. I really like that song. Track number two is called Bigger Than the Whole Sky. And this is definitely my least favorite one from these songs. Like I said before, I like fast paced songs. There's nothing wrong with that. Um, and this one is just, it's very slow, but it describes a loss that's just so hard to deal with. And it's a loss that's come from someone who you didn't know for a very long time or you weren't together with for a very long time, but it still hurts. It hurts so bad and she's really having a hard time getting over it and she wonders what things would have been like if things turned out differently if this person hadn't you know broken up with them or they you know hadn't passed away like it, it she leaves the type of loss like up to interpretation but it's it's still it's a very beautiful song very beautiful lyrics but it's just it's very slow you know I just I like the bops I like the bops <laughs> but my favorite lyric is every single thing I touch becomes sick with sadness because it's all over now all out to sea I just I like the lyrics there. I like the like the imagery that she paints with that lyric. Now on to track three, which is called Paris. And this is one of my favorites from this group. Um, I think you can tell it's, it's upbeat. <laughs> but she sings about how her love and her lover are, you know, they're just like caught up in this love and how no matter where they are, they can pretend to be in Paris. They, they can pretend to just, you know, be in this like wonderful like state of mind and like they are in this state of mind, but they can pretend to just like be in Paris. Like it, she says like, well, you know, we can pretend like we were in Paris and, you know, she just, she just will do anything to be with this person. She just doesn't care about anything on the outside. Um, and my favorite lyric is, sit quiet by my side in the shade, not the kind that's thrown. I mean, the kind under where a tree has grown. Like she just, she's not having the BS. She just wants to be, you know, with this person and she doesn't care what anyone's saying. She's in love and they're going to pretend they're in Paris. They're just going to, you know, pretend. <laughs> and um, it definitely, you know, calls back to Paris being like the city of love or like the most romantic city. Um, and I just, this song is just such a bop. It's so upbeat and just happy. And I just, I love it. I love happy, upbeat Taylor. I do love all of her songs, obviously. I've mentioned that many times. Um, but it's just like an upbeat, fast-paced song and just really cute. It just, I don't know. It's, it also like, I don't know when she, like what era of her life she was in when she like had these thoughts like it could be recently it could be a long time ago like oh no I just love it um and again like they're not like the most mature lyrics they're not like the most poetic lyrics but they're very catchy very clever and I just love that song track four is called high infidelity and it's also one of my favorites off of this group um and Taylor uh, describes how she wasn't satisfied in her relationship and she went out and danced the night away with someone new um implying that she might have cheated, um, you know, high infidelity, infidelity is cheating. And that there were games being played and this relationship was unstable and she feels bad that she hurt this person. It was kind of like, kind of like warranted because the person like wasn't appreciating them. And I definitely think this is about the Calvin Harris situation um, and how she met Tom Hiddleston at the Met Gala. And like shortly after that, she met Tom Tom Hiddleston. She broke up with Calvin Harris. Um, and she mentions, do you really want to know where I was April 29th? And that was the release date of the song, This Is What You Came For, which Taylor Swift actually wrote the song. Um, and they, I read somewhere that they were, they wanted to release a song as like a collaboration together but they didn't want like 
that their relationship to like overshadow the song so taylor just sang like background vocals on it and then rihanna um, recorded the song um and then april 29th of that year was also three days before the met gala where she met tom hiddleston that famous video of her dancing um so yeah i just i think she was unsatisfied in their relationship towards the end and she either physically or emotionally cheated on him and um that's that's what the song is about and i i don't condone cheating and she talks about how it was wrong but like it was kind of warranted at the same time. Um, and my favorite lyrics are, do I really have to chart the constellations in his eyes? Um, so it's like, do I really have to like explain to you like why I fell in love with this person? Um, and then the other favorite lyric of mine is, you know there are many different ways you can kill the one you love. The slowest way is never loving them enough. So it's like, this person didn't love her enough and she cheated and she feels bad about it. But again, like it was kind of, like she kind of, like you saw it coming kind of thing. So kind of a sad song in the end, but I really like it. <laughs> I think it's kind of like the precursor to the song Getaway Car. Um, so I think if you listen to those songs like back to back, I think they would paint a nice picture. <laughs> On to track five, it's called Glitch. And this song, Taylor's singing about how there's gotta be a glitch in reality and how like that's how she ended up in this healthy, happy, stable relationship. And it's, you know, it's definitely about how like her relationship with Joe album that first I started out as like casual friends, maybe like a casual hookup kind of thing. And then it turned into this six year long relationship that she has and she's really happy. And she was talking about in the song how she doesn't think it's real. Like the universe is like messing with her and um, there's gotta be like a glitch in the system somehow. Um, and a lot of people online think this is the worst song on the album, but I like it. <laughs> Again, like, you know, maybe it's because people like the super poetic lyrics and things like that. And this song is not the most like poetic, but I think it's very clever and it's definitely catchy and um I just I like this song I, I I think the lyrics are interesting and I think it's an interesting concept it's like she's really thinking about how like there has to be something wrong like all my other relationships didn't work out and like why am I now suddenly in this relationship that works like there has to be a glitch somewhere um and my favorite lyric is, I thought we had no chance, and that's romance. Let's dance. So now let's talk about my favorite song from this batch. It's track six, Would've, Could've, Should've. This song totally describes her relationship with John Mayer and um, how if things were different and didn't happen the way that they did, she might have not have fallen in love with him. She might not have gotten hurt. And if you didn't know, Taylor was 19 when she dated um, John Mayer and he was 32 at the time. She obviously was deeply upset about their relationship, about what happened in the relationship, how he treated her. The song Dear John is like a perfect example of that. It's obviously about John Mayer. That song is from Speak Now. And she sings about how he shouldn't have hurt her the way that he did. Dear John is definitely like a sad, remorseful song, but this is about like, how dare you like hurt me? Like you shouldn't have done this. And there's a line in Dear John where it says, you should have known. And this is kind of like the, you should have known. It's like that lyric coming to life in this song. And he took her innocence um, you know, interpret that any way you'd like. Um, but she also has like this lasting trauma. Um, and there's just so much to unpack with this song. I think I could do a whole episode on this song specifically. Um, but there's very poetic lyrics. And like I said, a lot of, lot of callbacks to Dear John. Um, and my favorite lyric is living for the thrill of hitting you where it hurts. 
give me back my girlhood. It was mine first. And again, interpret that the way you'd like, but she's losing her innocence and losing this sense of self. Like when you lose your innocence, it's not just necessarily virginity, but it can be like your youngness, your youth, like the time that you could have spent being young and being youthful was spent being you know, hurt by this trauma in this relationship. So really, really great song. Again, horribly sad, um, but it's just, it's really good. The bridge is just like hits you. Um, and I just, I love that song. It's definitely my favorite from this batch. Now, finally, we've made it to the last song of all of these songs. Um, this is track seven, Dear Reader. And this song took a while to grow on me. My sister was like, listen to the song again. Like I originally told her, I was like, I didn't really like that song that much. And she's like, no, listen to it. Go back and listen to it. And I did. And I actually love it now. Sorry, Sophia. <laughs> um, so it took a while to grow on me. Um, it's also very slow, but very just like beautiful message. Um, and so she's acting as a writer, talking to or singing to this reader or listener um, and offering advice to them. And so I think... I think it could be interpreted as she offering advice to fans, offering advice to a younger version of herself, offering advice to just anyone listening to the song. And this album is about those things that keep her up at night. And I think it's just like a culmination of all of that. Um, and it's a way for her to let herself know these certain things and be mindful of how these things have hurt her and how she's like wanting to let other people know about these things as well. Um, and my favorite lyric is, Dear Reader, bend when you can, snap when you have to. So it's like those kinds of things that she's um, talking about. It's like, Dear Reader, if it feels like a trap, you're already in one, like those kinds of things. So again, it's just like very like poetic. I think I've said it's very poetic a million times, but it is. She's, she's such a poet and I just, I love it. So I know that was a lot to go over, um, but I really, really, really wanted to take my time listen to all of these songs I just I really love this album like I mentioned before I think this is one of her best albums to date and I'm just so proud of her for being vulnerable sharing these deep intimate moments and intimate things about her life or and these thoughts with people um I think she's just such an incredible songwriter and whether or not you think she's a good singer I know that's been like a debate for like forever but you can't deny her songwriting ability I think she's gonna go down a history as one of the best songwriters and I think this album really really showcases that so like I kind of teased um in addition to the album she also announced that she's going on tour um she hasn't gone on tour in like four years um and it's called the eras tour and I'm just, I'm very excited. Um, she's not playing anywhere near me, so I'm gonna have to drive or take a train up somewhere, but I've seen every single one of her tours and I will not miss a tour. I will not miss a tour. I will go see it. And I'm just, I'm really, really excited. Um, so nothing is gonna stop me from going to see this tour. <laughs> but yeah, I, I'm um, really looking forward to the tour and it's called the Eras Tour. And my theory is that she is going to release the rest of her albums, like re-release the rest of her albums uh, before the tour. Because um, she said she's going to be singing songs and, and it's going to go over her entire catalog. So she has to be releasing the rest of these albums. Um, so she has the first album, she's her date. So her debut album, she has to release um, Speak Now, uh, 1989, and Reputation. She has four more albums that she needs to release. And I'm thinking she's going to let midnight simmer for a little while and then i think in december she's gonna release a, an album probably speak now because back to december um and then maybe january february march april she'll release like the rest of them so um because i think this tour starts in like may so yeah it makes sense so um i think we're gonna be getting a lot of re-recordings before then i would be very surprised if she if she doesn't release the rest of the re-recordings before that um tour um it just it kind of makes me think that that she's gonna be doing that so 
Very, very exciting news from Taylor. Amazing album. Absolutely love it. She's outdone herself. Um, and she is the first artist in history to have all of the number, uh, or all of the, um, top 10 songs on the Billboard charts be off of one album, be, and also, like, be by one artist. So, good for you, Taylor. I mean, she is incredible. Obviously, I'm a big fan. I'm biased. But it's just such an incredible album. I absolutely love it. And... I really hope you enjoyed my interpretation and everything. <laughs> so um, that's it for this episode. I hope you enjoyed learning about Midnight's, hearing everything I had to say, hearing some of Taylor's um, explanations. And like always, stay safe, stay classy, and I will chat again with you soon. Goodbye. Goodbye.